Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 62 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. On this episode, I am joined by music journalist, musician, producer, and the biggest St. Anger fan I know. If you are a frequent listener of Metallicast, you might already know who I'm referring to. None other than Mr. Richard S. He. Richard joins me for this episode to talk about Metallica at the Grammy Awards. We do a chronological look from 1989 to present day, looking at their performances at the award ceremony, as well as all of their nominations and wins. We also have a larger conversation about the Grammys' relationship with heavy metal as a whole and their place in the music industry just in general. So this is a great conversation I had with Richard. I hope you guys enjoy it. We talk for about two hours. We go in depth. We go in the weeds. This is definitely a deep dive episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Richard S.E. about Metallica at the Grammys. My guest today is a stranger in a strange land. He has never been on Metallicast before. He, I, I, I'm not sure I even really know who he is. I hear that he's some sort of journalist. Um, I think he wrote something about Saint Anger. I'm not sure. He he barely talks about Saint Anger, but I think he wrote an article or something about it for Red Bull. I mean, who? Red Bull has articles. I mean, who, who, I think he's just making this stuff up. But anyways, I, I hope this is a good conversation. I, I guess welcome to Metallicast, Mr. Richard S. He. Huh? Huh? <laughs> who? Some what? guy, some Australian. I'm not even sure if you're a real journalist. Uh, yeah. You say you have published works. I getting hear. That, uh, getting that Red Bull money, you know, drink. <laughs> Drink every time I mention St. Anger on the podcast, but only drink Red Bull. No other energy drinks, yeah. Wait, some I've kind been... of monster? No, some kind of Red Bull. <laughs> so, wait, I've been trying all this time to get ads on the podcast, get some money in my pocket. Oh. You're telling me you just come sliding in here on the DL, dropping ads on my podcast, <laughs> Richard Essie? Is Not that what even I'm getting? getting you paid for them? <laughs> What a disappointment. <laughs> well, you know, I like to say I'm keeping it ad free for the people. Mm. For the people. Yes, who you we obviously the people. <laughs> I mean, you obviously do not care about the people, Mr. Richard S.E. No. You capitalist pig. I'm the ominous inside us. 
Well, anyway, I, that's not what we were talking about today. <laughs> no, I for once you're not on here talking about Saint Anger, even though I know it will come up at least once because of today's mm. topic. Uh, but we are here to talk about uh, a topic that is near and dear to every metalhead: the Grammy <laughs> Awards. Uh, the Grammys. But specifically, you know, we I think we're gonna have a a larger conversation about the Grammys and their place in our views of all that. But, you know, we are a Metallica podcast. So, of course, we are talking Metallica and the Grammy Awards. Um, and we're going to get into their performances, their nominations, their wins. And I think this is going to be a really fun episode. And, Richard, I think you are the perfect person to uh, have this conversation with because you are well-versed in Metallica, you're well-versed in metal, but you're well-versed in pop music, pop culture, which I think is such a heavy, big part of mm. the Grammy Awards as a whole. I'm well-versed in getting angry at the Grammys about <laughs> every category. <laughs> so, I mean, I, when doing, I mean, perhaps I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but when I was doing research for this episode, you know, I, I knew a lot of the Grammy Awards that Metallica had won uh, because I'm a nerd. And I forgot about a couple of the nominations. I was like, oh, yeah, they did. We're nominated for that thing. Um, but the categories will make your head spin. And that's something I definitely want to get into. But first and foremost, let's talk about the importance of Grammy Awards to first heavy metal music. And then mm. just to music as a whole. Mm. I mean, importance to heavy metal? That's like, I mean, it's hard even to say that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it's pretty much, I think in terms of importance, it's mm. almost non-existent. I think, I don't think it has importance to fans of metal. And obviously yeah. it never really has. On like an industry level, maybe it does have some significance because I'm just looking at the list of Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance, which is really the main category in which metal bands are nominated. I mean, you sure. have Metallica, and I would say that probably did make a difference in terms of like hyping them up before the Black Album came out. Um, yeah. Kind of preparing them in the industry for that album to become blockbuster. You have like Nine Inch Nails, uh, Tool, Sabbath, Deftones. And I'm sure like they all benefited from that to an extent. So that would be like the most positive thing I could say for sure. Do you think now, you know, the metal award and the rock awards in general, and we'll get into all the different categories again because it can get confusing, but pretty much they're given out on the pre-show these days, um, especially yeah. the metal and hard rock awards. Um, so it's yeah. not televised. Maybe I'm sure you can catch it online these days um, in some kind of digital format. But do you think winning the metal award in 2021 has the same impact for a metal band as it would in, let's say, I'll just throw out a random year, 1994? It depends on the band. like Because these yeah. days more underground bands can do get nominated that yeah. couldn't really change a career. At the same time though, 1994, um, Ozzy Osbourne won for I Don't Want to Change the World live. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go to 2021, Body Count won for Bum Rush. And I mean, they've yeah. been around 
since the 90s but you also have code orange in this moment yeah. poppy and power trip nominated so like some pretty credible acts i think yeah and that's something i think we can get into as we go through this episode is how the list of nominees have changed on yeah uh, for the metal war because the there is a huge improvement over the years um mm. in terms of like having actual metal bands mm. in the category um uh, but you know where i again i think we're getting a little bit ahead but what do you think is the importance of grammy awards to the music business as a whole to other top genres outside of metal some of which you know are as mainstream as metal once was and now of course there's more mainstream genres like whether it be hip-hop r&b country western just pop music mm. in general what do you think the importance is of them um once upon a time and today in 2021 i think really the service that the grammy provides most of all is just like connecting the industry and providing recognition within the industry, whether like you're an engineer or a producer or an A&R in a label, stuff like that, you know, like that's kind of separate from what the Grammys ceremony is, which is, you know, they say it's all oh, music's biggest night. And I mean, that probably is true. You do have an audience of millions in theory, like watching the Grammys who don't necessarily tune into like music broadcasts or TV concerts throughout the year. So sure. you have a platform there for like new and older bands and artists. Um, obviously like pop music um, is the most represented genre in terms of the big three awards, which would be album of the year, song of the year and record of the year. Yeah. So um, like within the pop, within pop music, it does carry quite a bit of weight. Like, similar to having a number one song on the billboard hot 100 it's just that like it has of course the potential to make people very angry because whoever wins is going to exclude many many more <laughs> potentially deserving <laughs> artists so yeah. um i try not to like take it more seriously than it deserves if that makes sense because there's, yeah. there's always going to be snubs your favorite sure. is going to win it's never really a rational thing but if right. people can benefit from it then you know great for them yeah, I'm pretty much in line with that. Like, I do not think the Grammy Awards are important or meaningful in many ways. Mm. But I do think, you know, to re to be an artist that gets a nomination and especially a win, it's a cool moment. Mm. I kind of view it the same way as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where it's not the yeah. end-all, be-all. We can dissect it. We can think it's silly who's in, who's not in, who's been nominated, who's not been nominated. Because, you know, obviously there are some first ballot people that have gotten in first ballot. There's first ballot people mm -hmm. that have gotten in way past the time they should have gone in. And there's first ballot people in that's still not in there uh, for one reason or another. So, I mean, we could go on and on about that. But I view it as similar where you might not – it might not be why you start a band, right? You might not start mm. – chances are – if you are in a metal band, you never started it to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to uh, to especially win a Grammy Award. It's really not on like the hit list of many metal and hard rock bands. But if you get to that moment, I think it's a pretty cool recognition of at, at least getting your career to a point where you're being acknowledged, like you were saying, uh, by Absolutely. the industry, by the peers. Because that means you've reached 
a certain level. It's not just like, you know, you're not getting obscure Norwegian black metal bands <laughs> at that level. And, and maybe they should be. I'll make an argument for some of them. But, <laughs> I mean, it's such an obscure thing. It, it means that even if you're a fairly underground band, you have crossed over to some kind of mainstream acceptance on some level. Yeah, and you get to go to the ceremony and feel like a fish out of water. So oh, that yeah. might be fun. <laughs> it's always I hilarious remember, seeing like metal yeah. bands in their tuxedos, you know? I remember Code Orange showed up for the 2018 uh, ceremony and they're like one of my favorite young bands, but they turned up all looking like characters from The Matrix. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, love those trench coats. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say that um, uh, as we all know, the Grammys do not they try to be the historical record for music of that year but as we all know that's not always true and we're going to see examples i think just looking at the metal category and the rock categories like i you know again i'll do a little tease here but there are some things that beat out some songs and i'm like does anybody even remember that particular song they might remember Mm -hmm. the artist it might be a very well-known artist but i'm like that song be that song but you know so it's that again it's not the end all be all and of course not everything is they're not always going to get it right you can make an argument that they get it wrong more times than they get it right Mm. but you know i do think it can be um a cool recognition of an artist's accomplishment and some level whether it's commercial or artistic and you know it looking at the list of nominations um, wins and performances by Metallica it shows you just mm. how much they crossed over into a world that is just uncharted by almost every other metal band uh, artist other than perhaps Ozzy Osbourne but not he's not even on the same level as them in terms of nominations and wins and performances exactly I don't have anything to add to that because <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it's a perfect statement so let's yeah. ju- <laughs> let's jump into the categories because you know just uh talking about the general categories for rock mm. music there is uh categories for metal there's a category for hard rock there's best rock album best rock song best rock instrumental there's several, so there's several just fall under the rock category, um, and it can get confusing when you look at the nominees because it seems pretty black and white on paper. Like, okay, I can, in my head, I can tell the difference between metal and hard rock, even though there's so many blurred lines there still. I can, mm. you know, justify though, like, you know, there's going to be a difference between, you would think, a difference between where Slipknot fits compared to where a nickelback will fit but if you look at the list of nominees it, it it's no longer black and white and it's there's nominees that just bleed it including metallica that just bleed into all these different categories and it seems sometimes without any rhyme or reason um so did you find looking at this list or just in general the categories to be at all confusing or concerning <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Slipknot and I was like, yeah, okay. In 2005, uh, the nominees for best hard rock performance, Velvet Revolver, Incubus, Metallica with some kind of monster, Nickelback and Slipknot for duality. 
and then yeah. i clicked over to the award for best metal uh, for best metal performance motorhead cradle of filth hate breed kill switch and slipknot for vermilion it's like it's vermilion more <laughs> metal than duality Right, and there's example as we as we go through the Metallica nominations, there's gonna be examples that are basically the same as that, and it's like, yeah. So how did you decide this one's rock, this one's hard rock, this one's metal? Like it just, did you just roll the dice and be like, all right, we want to nominate these three things. Let's see how many. Let's see which one has like a a space left over. <laughs> Apparently, they discontinued the best hard rock performance category in 2012 for this specific reason yeah i think because it was confusing uh wait there's a quote on wikipedia it says it was determined that metal has a very distinctive sound and hard rock more closely aligns with rock and can exist comfortably as one end of the rock spectrum that's a recording academy quote yeah <laughs> i think i can agree with that but then you still yeah. get blurred lines between like all right well isn't that more metal than this? I mean, especially when you look at like the nominees, like, you know, Fiona Apple was nominated mm. for this past year and won for, was it rock album or rock song or both? Uh, so, uh, performance. So, and that's a drastic difference. Uh, Fiona Apple sonically is a drastic difference to Metallica, who have mm. also been in that same category in different yeah, in years. Yeah, in the past, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, I know they've realigned things and stuff, and you know they're always kind of changing and adjusting it or trying to, but there's yeah. still it, it's it's still confusing to me, you know, in how I, they label certain things. I guess it's funny because you know, <clears throat> like from I don't know nineteen. 63 to like 1990 or something you know rock music was the dominant form and it was kind of considered yeah you filtered most popular music through rock music um and like nowadays you look at the rock category this year and actually it is very sonically diverse but it's kind of been reduced to like one or two uh small awards at the grammys that aren't like even televised so yeah interesting yeah it you know what though too i can make more sense of it almost in 2021 because pop music in general is a little bit more diverse in terms of there's a lot more mm. blurred lines between like you know so much country sounds yeah. like every other top 40 whether it be r&b or whatever it be totally. even hip-hop like there's so many more blurred lines you know but back in the day i feel like those those lines were a lot more in place and still you had nominees in multiple genre categories or that and it's not like you know it's not like we're talking about i understand it's not like we're talking about like oh metallic was in a jazz category like obviously that did not happen but it i don't know it just seems like it's not that they're entire not that the recording cam is entirely at fault but it, it it's just uh it's just confusing when you look at it on paper yeah, I, I will say ultimately it's, it's a good thing that they are willing to change with the times. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, and I do think in terms of the medal award again, this can be something we get into as we go through the nominations and stuff. But they they again they have improved and they they are putting the work in. You know, to, it it seems they're putting some behind the scenes work into become more uh, better acquainted with heavy metal music after all these years. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that in each category, like people uh, f- who represent the industry in that genre, like vote for their own category. Yeah. As far as I know. And I know they've really expanded the uh, the base of like recording Academy members in the last probably four or five years. So Totally. Yeah, I, I actually cool. I actually know somebody who helps with the uh, the metal category mm. for the Grammy Awards and um, I'm not gonna drop names because i don't know if you would like that or not but hello uh, but um i'm going to uh just say you know he's somebody who's knows his metal and is in the industry and uh, i know he would be like a great voice for a lot of these bands that have been nominated in the most recent years so totally good on him uh what i'm curious about is also i was looking at these categories and like there's especially in the earlier years like you look at best metal performance or best rock performance best hard rock performance and there's songs nominated alongside albums did you notice that that's very weird you notice that though (laughs) right like no just yeah just now right it like it how well, we'll get into that more, but that, that we got to dissect that as we go through the nominees for some of these and some of the wins. But l- before we jump into that, I, I, I want to jump head first into that because I have so many lingering comments and questions and everything. But <laughs> let's break down a little bit how, like, if, if anybody's listening who does not know, maybe because they just never heard or they do not care about this at all. Um, but, like, let's talk a little bit about like how the Grammy awards are sort of decided. Like we mentioned the recording Academy. I'm sure somebody might be listening. Who's saying what the hell is the recording Academy? They are the industry body that, uh, rep that governs the Grammy awards and also provides advocacy for songwriters, musicians and industry figures within the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. I think that's perfectly said. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just like the Grammy Awards committee. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're looking around. Mm. Yeah. But they are spearheading in terms of compiling the list of nominees and um, ultimately deciding who wins, whose name yes. is in that envelope. It, it's a very it- similar process to the Academy Awards and. Um, how the Oscars are decided. Hence, sometimes the controversy of, you know, it not being, um, you know, either thinking the wrong movie or album lost or or just in most recent years, the diversity issue, right? Of, you know, when you hear about like several years ago, Oscars so white or whatever that hashtag was. And it was, you know, because the Academy is predominantly white, probably male, probably, probably like older 40 well. and up yeah. um so you know it diversity became an issue because that can reflect the nomination stuff so and i think some of that's starting to bleed into um the grammy awards to a lesser extent and, mm. and i think they are you know that's something else they're just that's a whole other category but i just mentioned that because you, people might have heard news stories like that and yeah and, you know so it, it is like an actual body of human beings yeah and hence them wanting to really expand their base of voters for every category because you know you don't yeah. want the you don't want the Grammys to feel stodgy like for artistic reasons but also because ratings are trending downwards so <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 
and you know i that's why like yeah like people who are really hardcore into music we would love perhaps you know metallica to perform every year we would love Mm. to hear you know perhaps some people would love to hear like the uh a 10 minute jazz performance but like it's ratings like you got to go with what brings the ratings in you're going to go with what is currently the most popular Mm. and that makes the tv show basically a big concert of a who's who in pop music at that time not saying you never have older acts but usually nowadays they're paired with a younger act right exactly yeah it's definitely ratings are a big part of it so i always kind of laugh like when people complain i'm like well you know if they thought you know 10 million people would watch that certain type of music or that certain artist they would be on the show (laughs) yeah and i mean it's not a show for it's impossible for the show to hit every single mark for every single person like even if you uh love every genre you're still probably gonna watch it and be you know not necessarily upset but yeah you know it's it's live tv for three hours it's a pretty difficult feat to pull off right to be and fair. hints too they have the pre-show where a, a lot of yeah. awards get kind of dumped including nowadays the metal because they want to put what's again got what's gonna bring the most eyes so you have the big awards you have the more pop and hip-hop oriented awards the country awards those that those have the most mainstream fans at the moment you know if rock was still as relevant, they'd it'd be on the show still. Um, simple as that. So if mm. you so if you want rock on the Grammys, buy more freaking albums from rock bands. <laughs> Don't do what uh, Chris Jericho did, which I'm going to pull up that tweet so we can talk about it. Oh, did you see wait, it? No, I did not. Is this oh. a recent tweet? Ooh, it's going like, to be fun. So we're recording this, just so you know, uh, about two days <laughs> after the latest Grammy Awards, just kind of by coincidence. You had mentioned doing this topic a while ago, and then I did not yeah. even realize till after the fact that we were recording like right after the 2021 Grammys. <laughs> yeah, which I haven't watched yet. I don't have any hot takes yet. Um, so I just sent you this tweet. Can you do a good Chris Jericho impression? I feel like you can. Oh, I don't know if I can. <laughs> Where did you send it to me? Is it on uh, Twitter? Oh, I, I see it. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I, I'm trying to get into character here. I don't know if I can pull it off. Hey, at Recording Acad. No tribute to at Eddie Van Halen tonight. You and your bullshit awards can go fuck your ass. I say because it's all in caps with exclamation points. <laughs> you don't ever try to give my band a nomination. I'd rather win a Razzie Award. Hashtag fuck up Grammys. Hashtag Grammys. I, <laughs> I know that's a horrible Chris Jericho impression, but I will end with this. Break the walls down. down. Mm. For all you Maybe wrestling that should have won the Grammy. <laughs> um, all right. So now I feel yeah. like I need to dissect this. So, Actually, there there was controversy. There's always controversy about somebody who died, yep. especially in the rock um, world, and yeah. uh, kind of getting snubbed right in the immemorium or some kind of tribute. There were a lot of people complaining about Eddie Van Halen. Now, it's my understanding. I did not see the show. 
It is my mm-hmm. understanding that he was mentioned in the in memoriam. It was just a quick, maybe 10 second thing, same as they do with pretty much everybody in that segment. Yeah. Um, and come to find out, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the thing about his son Wolfgang? Yes, I did. And he was approached about doing eruption at the Grammy Awards and he passed, um, you know, basically just saying like he felt like his father's music spoke on, on its own, I think was pretty much the gist of what he said. Well, and that um, he like, felt like he couldn't do it justice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he passed and then um, he kind of was like, well, if I had known they were only going to do like a 10 second thing, maybe I, I would have said yes or, or agreed to do something. And But he's mm. like, I don't hold it against them or whatever. But there was a plan of, according to Wolfgang Van Halen himself to do something more and then it just did not come together. Yeah. But also, too, I don't I mean, I don't know what people expect. Like it's I yeah do i think they could have done more sure he's a legend he's an Mm. innovator he's a genius he's you know if your music's biggest night i think something like that could be a bigger focus but it's also you know a three-hour award show i don't know Mm. how much time you can really you you can really give to something like that you know i also don't know what the right way to pay tribute to eddie would have been yeah like for someone to play eruption note for note, like, what does that really mean necessarily? You know, or yeah. like, are you gonna get a band, an all star band together to like jam on a Van Halen song or something? I don't right. know, because ultimately that would feel like kind of more nostalgic than anything. Maybe more so than a current tribute. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it's definitely like a gray area. I think, and and even if you do something, are you gonna make people happy? You do an all star jam. And, mm. you know, Lady Gaga's on the stage. Then you're going to have somebody complaining about, you know, a pop singer paying tribute to the legendary Eddie Van Halen. Or, yes. it's, you know, there's always going to be somebody pissed off, especially with the Internet and social media. Yeah. I don't know. With that one, I just say, like, fair enough, you know. <laughs> but that Chris Jericho tweet is. <laughs> I mean, do you think. I like how he's threatening. Like, do not give my band a nomination. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, no disrespect, Fozzie. Chris Jerry, you're welcome on Metallicast anytime. Big fan. Big fan. Mm. But I'm not sure if Fozzie is exactly on the tips of all the, you know, recording (laughs) academies, brains and mouths and ears and everything. I could actually imagine Judas by Fozzie getting a nomination when that came out. but. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I mean, what in 20, means. In 2015, Tenacious D won for a cover of Dio's The Last in Line. Yeah. So that was a weird one. There's so yeah, many something. weird ones, and we're going to yeah. get into some of them. So let's let's jump into it, shall we? Finally. Metallica. 18 Grammy nominations, 8 wins, 4 performances, their Grammy journey started infamously in 1989. I feel like we should put some 89 music in there like we're doing like a a, a travel back in time on a TV show. When the screen gets all blurry, we're traveling back to 1989. And some like cheesy 80s guitar, Brandon, wow, will come on, you know? <laughs> 
I, I'm just imagining the intro to We Are the World playing. And that's a great transition because in 1989, for the first time ever, the Recording Academy decided to give a Grammy Award for the the official title was Best Hard Rock Metal Performance Vocal or Instrumental. So notice hard rock and metal are looped to are uh, grouped together in this particular year. That's important actually because the end result uh, is actually what causes those categories to break apart for Immediately. a number of years. <laughs> yes. There was, this award um, has been given once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was the one and only year the hard rock slash metal performance vocal or instrumental Grammy was given. Um, and if you're a Metallica fan, you definitely know this story. Uh, they were nominated for a little album called Injustice for All. And uh, several other artists were also nominated, one of which was a group called Jethro Tull. And um, let's just say Metallica were this up-and-coming, hungry metal band. They were cutting edge. They were great at what they did. They were cool. They were hip, whatever outdated words you want to use. They were the front runners. So much so mm. that they performed at the Grammy Awards. If you've ever seen a Grammy Award, you, a Grammy Awards uh, ceremony, you know basically, I'll say... Nine out of ten times, the performer wins the award if they're nominated. Mm. Especially if the award's given right after their performance. And, um, well, spoiler alert, that did not happen for Metallica this year. And Infamously, uh, it did not. And uh, Jethro Tull, uh, the very metal album by the very metal band, uh, they took it home for their album Crest of a Knave, which just sounds so metal. Just to um to zoom out a little bit, right? Yes. So wait, how how far do I zoom out? That is the question. Alright. Z- you zoom all the way out. Alright. I'll give a little nineteen ninety nine context <laughs> from my research. So the host was Billy Crystal, which of course yes. um Bonnie Raitt dominated the awards for her Nick of Time album. Uh Nilly Vanilli. Uh, one for best new artist infamously which um the grammys website <laughs> it was a also great year for the grammys in 1989 <laughs> yeah the grammys website in the write-up of that year also yeah. acknowledges that millie vinnelly may have lip-synced their performance at that grammys so uh okay don't know what to make of that right um, so you obviously knew they were lip-syncing because someone you, did <laughs> somebody had to play the tape yeah uh, the performances were Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder did a tribute to Paul McCartney, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Miles Davis did something. Uh, it's it's very hard to find out like who performed in what year for some reason. I'm yeah, gonna annoy the Grammys website about that. Um, yeah, it's very easy to find out the awards, even though there's a few convoluted yeah. ways to get there. You can get the information on Grammys.com, but the performances are like basically written off the written off history except if you like go to wikipedia or youtube (laughs) yeah 
So I'm um, looking at the nominations for best hard rock metal performance. They were Blow Up Your Video by ACDC, the song Cold Metal by Iggy Pop, Nothing Shocking by Jane, Jane's Addiction, which apparently was the other frontrunner. Um, yeah. yeah, the Jethro Tell album, which I had a, a very quick skim through. And like the first song is like New Wave's New Wave synth pop. Yeah. And the second song is that, but with a little bit of like prog jamming, but also with flute throughout. So yeah. again, I don't really understand how that happened, but I don't know. Maybe there were just a lot of Jethro Tull fans at the Grammys who thought that um, they hadn't been given credit for 20 years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think it's a sign, you know, that they're just a bit, out of touch you know the recording academy has sort of had this reputation i think they've done a decent job of kind of getting more in touch as we were talking about mm. but you know for years that was a big thing um in in i think this is an example you know you have this band that's uh you know about to blow up and they're really great at what they do and they're the critical the critically they're the favorites commercially they're mm. the favorites a lot of momentum yeah yeah just nothing but momentum at that time mm. and then it just fizzles out because you give the award to somebody who uh, a group that was pretty much past their prime mm. um and not exactly a, a you know what one would consider a metal band uh, in terms of the classic sense of how yeah. we view heavy metal as a genre during one of the peak times for metal as well 1980 yeah um, well and that's the thing yeah. this was like the perfect time to start that award because you know metal was mainstream it was uh you know in the 80s into the early 90s, you know, prior to Nirvana and Pearl Jam, it was mm. the biggest style of rock music out there. It, was, it dominated MTV. It was uh, dominating FM radio. And, and that's mm. at least metal and hard rock, you know, if you consider all the hair metal, glam metal bands and mm. the power ballads. and you know, it, But the harder bands like Metallica were really just starting to kind of rise to that next level with Metallica obviously leading the pack. Mm. And again, yeah, 1989, that's pretty late to introduce like a rock category or a metal category in that era yeah. too. Arguably yeah, yeah. like 10 years late on that front. So yeah. Yeah. And this was, um, uh, a quote that I loved. Um, the result considered an embarrassment for the Academy generated much controversy. In response to the criticism they received over the award, Jethro Tull's record label took out an advertisement in Billboard magazine with their picture of a flute, part of their trademark sound, lying amid a pile of iron rebars in the line, the flute is a heavy, comma, metal instrument. <laughs> Metallica also added a sticker to subsequent releases of Injustice for All reading Grammy Award Losers. <laughs> Apparently the Grammy Award... Great winners stickers were like already printed I yeah that. like that's how much momentum they had like jethro tull wow. were told by their label like not to bother attending because they weren't likely to win so. yeah this uh this is taken from wikipedia this incident is often cited as an example of the grammy awards selection committee being out of touch with popular sentiment 
and was named the biggest upset in Grammy history by Entertainment Weekly. Other publications that have included the best hard rock metal performance upset in their list of top Grammy moments include Crack.com at number one, Time at number 10, and the Ventura County Star at number 20. So, I mean, it is easily in the eyes of the mainstream even. I I think it's fair to say, if not the top, definitely mm-hmm. top five all-time Grammy snub um, and controversial moment. Um, and, you know, I swear, I, I rewatched the award given today. It's presented by Alice Cooper and Lita Ford. And I swear they both seem like a little shocked when they read the winner of the award. <laughs> I, I also saw like an oral history of the awards there. And I think they said, um, they said something like Jethro Tull was in the rehearsal envelope, like when they rehearsed it. So when they opened the envelope for real, they thought it might have been mixed up. So oh, wow. That is <laughs> yeah. hilarious so bad (laughs) but you know sometimes you get it right sometimes you get it wrong the performance because metallica Mm. did perform the grammys this year they performed uh an abbreviated version of one some of the uh solo section was cut short i think it might have been the same version as like the single version you know that was like six minutes long instead of you know almost nine minutes long so it shaves off a couple minutes of the solo here there but the bulk of the song is still there yeah i thought it was a i rewatched it today it had been uh a while since i had re uh, since i had seen it and i thought it was really great super tight performance classic metallica for that era i the whole time i watch them like what they are just so out of place in this era you know like they Mm. they you know had the long hair black clothes you know exactly what you'd expect from metallica and you know, they scan the audience and it's like, they just keep on going to Iggy pop. Cause I think yeah. he was like the only one in the crowd that was like, this is awesome. <laughs> mm. It's um, yeah, it's a really great performance. I was, it's a little bit more subdued than probably they would have been at a live show of their own at yeah. the time. Maybe it's just a fish out of water thing, but also like they're really playing the song for the lyrics and the whole theme of it. Yeah. You know, like totally. they get a long intro with the gunshots and stuff. Um, yeah. They also and get I, to say shit uncensored, which is cool. I was going to say, <laughs> and, I, and I think Heffield and Newstead were trying really hard not to say fuck. <laughs> yeah. But Heffield's when it got to cut the shit off from me, which of course is the line he always sings live. Uh, yeah. That, that made it past the censors because, they probably had the lyrics in front of them like, oh, he can he's gonna sing cut this life off from me and uh mm. little do they know the live version, which <laughs> that word is always substituted. <laughs> I think when you're in the on the spotlight, as soon as you start thinking, Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, you like, do you're it. gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, kind of a um rough start for uh, not just Metallica, the Grammys, but just metal and hard rock in general, to the point where these categories completely break apart immediately after. Uh, There's enough of a public outcry where people are saying, you know, maybe Jethro Tull would have fit under hard rock, but metal is, you know, something different. So from that point forward, there was a Best Metal Performance Grammy and a Best Hard Rock Performance Grammy, in addition to the rock nominees that have been 
in place, you know, best rock song, best rock album, whatnot, so on and so forth. So going forward, we're going to see a mixed bag of categories that Metallica appears in. And I think it's funny, too, when you look at, like, maybe, I know some of it is, you know, you, and let's say an album, especially back in the day, has like a two-year cycle. So the singles are not necessarily out at the same time as the album. So I get the nominees, but it's just funny to think. So in 1990, uh, the first metal performance Grammy is given, and it's awarded to Metallica for one. But it's just funny to think because, you know, they were nominated the year before for the album. It lost. But the song that they played at the previous year's Grammy won in 1990. Um, there, there is some fudging of dates going on there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was. I th- that was a total like, we're sorry, <laughs> Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just to look at the, uh, I think it's fun to look at the nominees. And this is what I was saying: like, how are songs nominated against albums? So you have here are the nominees for best metal performance in 1990. The song won by Metallica, which won. The song I Don't Believe in Love by Queensryche. Good stuff. And then you have Ultra Mega OK by Soundgarden. The Real Thing by Faith No More. And Beast from the East by Dawkins. Those are all albums. How do you have albums against songs? I'm like, this made my brain spin when I'd really try to think. But I guess it has yeah. to do with like the performance, I guess, yeah. is how they. But so you're telling me. You're telling me that the, you know. I don't know. When you really dissect it, it's just ridiculous. Like, so the Injustice for All album was an inferior performance the year before, but that song one <laughs> is a better performance than these three albums put together. Yes, including a live album. Including a live album. And <laughs> as well as that Queensryche song. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just so silly when you really break it apart on paper. Yeah, make it make sense. But I mean, yeah. maybe they tried to make up for all of that by giving Metallica the first three awards in the category. Well, yeah. And I, well, I always thought, and not that I did not think Metallica were deserving, um, Mm. but I I think there were two things going on in these early categories. They were the metal band. Everybody knew. So Mm. they were the front runners each time based off popularity. And I think they were also spent years like making up for that first Grammy snub. Um, and, and and there are just times where I'm like there, I mean, as a diehard Metallica fan who hosts Metallica podcast, you look at some of these nominees and you're like, that one against that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like in ninth, a perfect example is this, right? You have 1991 Metallica gets nominated for stone cold, crazy, a cover song off at, I mean, obviously now it's on the, uh, you know, the second CD of Garage Inc., but originally it was released on an Electra, what I maybe their 40th anniversary yeah. um, compilation album. So it was a one off compilation album yeah. for their record label. Obviously, I mean, it's they, a great cover, it's a well known cover. They played it at the Freddie Mercury tribute, so I guess that has some significance. Yes, they did perform it at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. It was soon after, you know, the passing of Freddie Mercury. Um, but it's up against, this is what it's up against in 1991 persistence of time by anthrax, 
Lights, Camera, Revolution by Suicidal Tendencies, Painkiller by Judas Priest, and Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Mm. Those are some classic metal albums and good, I would say really good nominations, actually, yeah. uh, for 1991. I don't know Stone Cold Crazy beats out all those, but hey, I, I mean, they're my favorite band. I'll take it, but yeah. I'll take it as a W for my boys, but I don't know. That's a... They got the brand recognition there. I yeah. Guess, by that yeah. Point. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, you know, they, it was, they were still apologizing for 89 and also, oh, well, everybody knows who Metallica is at this point. I mean, actually it's, uh, I want to say six months before the black album comes out that they got that award. So yeah. Again, like setting right. off for momentum. Yeah. 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 And they would capitalize on that momentum again the following year. So they won the first three, 90, 91, and now 1992 um, was a big year for them at the Grammys. They performed for the second time, mm. and they get their third award, this one for the Blackout, which, I mean, makes total sense. It's the biggest uh, yep. you know, metal album of all time, probably. Um, but it's funny, again, to look at the nominations. Um, one of which is uh, Hanger 18 by Megadeth. So again, ag- again, it's like Rust in Peace as an album was nominated the year before, and now Hanger 18, the song, is nominated. And it's nominated one against ninth. an album. So it's like one ninth of the album. Is yeah. It, it's so weird how they do that. Um, but the Black Album did win. They did perform, like I said, uh, they performed. You'll never guess this. Uh. And- was it so what? <laughs> you nailed it. They performed so what right into Last <laughs> Caress uh, with an encore of Dyer's Eve. Or they did Inter Salmon. You can, I mean. Ah, one of the two. Yeah, one of, one of the two. But, I mean, it that makes total sense for them to do, obviously. The lead single off the biggest um, album at the time in that category. It, it, it's a no-brainer. And it was a great performance. Hmm. That was another one I had not seen in a long time, but it was included uh, in a year and a half of the life of Metallica. So if you oh, true. have part two of that, when they it chronicles the touring and it, it does have their Grammy performance on there. So a small bit of context for 1992, Gary yeah. Shandling hosted, um, Eric Clapton dominated the awards. Uh, same year he put out Tears in Heaven. The album winner was... Natalie Cole's Unforgettable with Love, which was um, part of a big streak of the Grammys in the 90s giving uh, album awards to very, like, I don't know, how to call it, very, like, soft rock boomer stuff, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what else? Red Hot Chili Peppers played Give It Away. Peter, Gra- Peter Gabriel performed. That's as, as much as I can find out about the performances anyway. <laughs> and they, in 1992, they also were nominated for another Grammy. Huh. Uh, they received a best, and this is where the categories start uh, falling apart. So Metallica, the Black Album, won for best metal performance. Inter Sandman was nominated for best rock song. Uh. And it lost. And it lost to... Um, an artist we all know, Sting. Um, but it lost to the Soul Cages, which I don't even know what the hell the Soul Cages is. To you? Is that like a 
a thing that Sting is remembered for? I do not know, but I also have kind of wanted to get into solo Sting as like... Yeah. I don't want to say a bit. Like, I want to do it like sincerely, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm just curious because I don't know. Like, I, I mean, most of the Sting that I'm familiar with is the police. Um, yeah. And then... I mean, not I know so obviously some of his solo stuff, but that's just not something I'm familiar with. So I don't I don't know if that's like was just like an album or if that's like an album. You know what I'm saying? I don't know like how that fits into his uh category, but I I bring it up only because like obviously Sting is a legend, he's a worthy nominee, he's a worthy winner, but like Inter Sam is like one of the biggest rock songs of all time that's played mm. everywhere. Like the it there's really no contest unless you have it against like a smells like teen spirit or another equal anthem in my opinion. Mm. So for like the soul cages to win, I'm like, it, it's just a less memorable thing. But again, you know, it, it's, you win some, you lose some, it is what it is, but at least I got to perform. Yes. I, I just thought it was funny too, that, you know, again, the album's metal, but that song is rock. Like, I don't know where the lines Mm. and you know but uh anyways that yeah I, it, it's that was that one was definitely interesting and of course the lars ulrich famous line was we gotta thank jethro tall for not coming out with an album this year <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a funny clip because lars's hair has never looked so lush yeah. uh, definitely not after that his shirt looks like a designer shirt so he's riding yeah. high he's yeah. in true rock form Oh yeah, that's his. I mean, this is <laughs> Lars Ulrich embraced all of his rock stardom over these like next two to three years. I would Good say, <laughs> <laughs> as he should, as he yeah. should. What did you think of the performance, by the way? Of Inter Sandman? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. I was trying to remember when I was rewatching it. Um, it it's hard. It's honestly hard for me these days. Yeah. Two things. It's hard for me these days to judge like a performance of Inter Salmon, um, because I've heard it so much. But I always think it's fun to watch them perform it during this era when it's like brand new. Yeah. Um, and they're like now I feel like they they the the live performance of it is like so um how it's done now. Exactly, you know? yeah. It is that it's funny to hear to go back and have them play a little bit closer like to the album single version you know uh, yeah. they have not gotten as comfortable with it they're not as loose with it they're not all yeah. those little like live things that are ingrained in my brain now do not exist yet um part of it's too that it's on the grammy stage and again they're playing it mm. more for it to be closer to the album version i think like you were saying with one but part of it too is just that it's they have not established it yet because they've not been playing it for what 30 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I watched it and I thought, you know, this is a really good performance, but it's probably not even in like the top 20 filmed best filmed yeah. versions of Sandman. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's also in that, yeah, very brief period where they were playing it in standard tuning because they hadn't gone yeah. down to E flat yet. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's played very fast and Jason's, vocals are like super upfront which i really like yeah. about it yeah. and they also there there's they do seem even they give it don't get me wrong it's a saw performance and they give a demanding performance but at the same time 
they seem like a little bit uncomfortable like they know they're not playing on their stage in front of their audience like it's not the same as when you fire up live ship engine purge and see them exactly. perform inter salmon on their stage and they're in front of their people they know you can tell on their faces at times like they know that they're the fish out of water and like yeah the odd people out and it's cool to see it's kind of cool you know to see them at the biggest stage of their career still feel like that because mm-hmm. you know it's it just shows like how outsider they really were for such a long time and how they really um you know did it their own way to get there exactly could not have said it better so this one really confused me i gotta be honest with you they were nominated for best metal performance in 1996 for a live version of for whom the bell tolls and i cannot I tried to find out. I have no clue what one, why, why, why do you nominate a random live version for whom the bell tolls? But like, what was that from? Because live ship engine purge was 93. Yeah. S and M was a few years away. Um, was it like a, it had I to mean, be a was B it, side from was a it load a single, Woodstock right? compilation or something like a '94 Woodstock compilation? But even '96 is like a couple years too late. Like it must have been some kind of compilation album, I'm guessing for some show. It, you're right because it would have had to come out in 1995. So maybe it was Woodstock '94 out in '95, nominated in '96. All right, I'm determined to find this. So hold on. Metallica. I was so confused by this. Discogs. Uh, Metallica compilations uh, appearances on compilations either this is going to be a revelation or it's going to be really boring (laughs) Um, hey like the Grammy Awards you win some you lose some (laughs) hey you're right various Uh, Woodstock 94 compilation oh that was a good guess you know what's funny I was looking at this I'm like my head was spinning as to how, like, what that could be from it. Then, as we were recording, I was like, maybe it's that. Actually, I don't know if this is right. The only thing I found there is, um, okay, various Woodstock '94 CD promo single released in Spain. The A side is for whom the bell tolls. The B side is Joe Cocker with Feeling Alright. So, oh wow! <laughs> what is happening there? Wow. Who, what, what, who is that for? Other than like maybe a diehard music collector, who is buying that? I think it's for someone on whom the bell has tolled. (laughs) (laughs) And let's just, I mean, and we're ignoring the obvious of like, why that live version, like that live version is the best live version for whom the bell tolls ever recorded. It's better than the album version that came out in 84. I mean, I know, okay, there was not a metal performance category then i don't i don't know the whole thing makes your head spin it's like when i remember when black sabbath came out with their reunion live album Mm. and they were nominated for iron man and he's like yeah we never got a nomination in the 70s like when this song was new but this is like the definitive version now in 1997 like or eight or whenever that album came out sure it it, it just seems odd yeah Yeah. it just seems odd (laughs) but but and i actually had no clue 
that was a nomination they received so i learned something new when i was researching this episode and i'm still yeah. confused by it but it, it must be from that i'm guessing yeah i kind of didn't find anything else but it is <laughs> funny to see like how the uh nominations change like i know we skipped over a couple years because uh yeah uh you know, Metallica was not a part of it, but you start seeing, you know, Nine Inch Nails won in 93, you mentioned, and you start seeing, like, Pantera creep into the nominations and the White Zombie, and and then in 97, you have, like, Corn and Rage Against the Machine, and, yeah. and then you get into Tool and, and all those type of bands. So you see that the, uh, you know, there is an evolution there with the nominees and the award itself, which is which is good to see. It's not just, you know the same tired acts every year i actually worked it out so uh wait hold on what happened was oh okay yeah there was an official two disc woodstock 94 compilation and okay also it was released as a video and broadcast on tv and so i and know for... tv performances can get nominated actually for performance okay and and was I'm just curious? What was the? I'm assuming it was like one track per artist on the compilation album. What was uh, the Metallica track on the album? Was it for whom the bell tolls? Oh yeah, it was for whom the bell tolls. Okay, so that has been, to yeah. be it. That has to be it. So okay, wait. Weird. Imagine listening to this compilation, right? Uh, so <laughs> end of disc one, Nine Inch Nails, Happiness in Slavery, great. Start of disc two, For Whom the Bell Tolls, and then the Neville Brothers, as in. <laughs> I believe Aaron Neville <laughs> yeah. covering Come Together by the Beatles. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is something right there. <laughs> I mean, I would listen to it. Yeah. I, at least I have curiosity of nothing else. Mm. So after 1996, we do not hear from Metallica at the Grammy Awards until 1999. And they received two nominations. And again, this is where things get confusing with the categories. They are nominated in the hard rock performance category for Fuel. Uh. And win in the metal performance category for Better Than You. So explains me, Richard, what makes Better Than You more metal than Fuel? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. And also... By far, by far, the superior song is Fuel. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I will, as, a, again, a Metallica geek, I will go on record as saying the worst single, single, Metallica ever released was better than you. I can get with that. And that is their Grammy Award winner for 1999. To, to, to give you the nominees, they were up against... Um, some <laughs> bullet train by Judas Priest, fried chicken and coffee by Nashville Pussy. You remember Nashville Pussy? No. Um, uh, no shelter by Rage Against Machine, which was their cool uh, song. song off the uh, Godzilla soundtrack, and then Duhas by Ramstein. Mm. I gotta say, I mean, I I would give it to probably Duhas that year. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, better than you taking home. I forget who uh, Fuel was up against and who won that. Is, I got do you want to look that one up real quick? Sure. So um, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant won for Most High. Um, oh, I didn't know they did a studio album that year. Okay, interesting. Uh, Kiss, Psycho Circus, Marilyn Manson, The Dope Show, 
uh, and Pearl Jam do the evolution. Those are decent nominees, I guess. For yeah, but what a, again? What a diverse uh, group, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I know that was <laughs> that was funny to me. But and then we have a steady stream of nominations and wins and performances, kind of from here on out. So that was 1999, 2000. They find themselves again in the hard rock performance category and win for Whiskey in the Jar, which is appropriate because we're recording this, and tomorrow is St. Patty's Day. Hey. So, happy St. Patty's Day. Whiskey in the Jar, oh, Masha Rain, da da Indeed. Whack for my daddy What do you think a whack for my daddy is, Richard? I don't speak Irish, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect it. We need um, an Irish listener to... Hit us up on social media at Metallica Spot on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Cheap plug. Um, you know, I married into an Irish family. I should probably just ask my relatives and they can mm. probably tell me. But that was 2000. <laughs> 2001, they bring home another Grammy Award. They're first in the best rock instrumental category. This one for The Call of Cthulhu, the S&M version. Very worthy award Very cool. winner, I think. Um, and it was cool to see that get an. Uh, a nomination and a win. Um, Richard, I'm going to let you take 2004. All right. Best metal performance. Saint Anger. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you got to love that their biggest flop is a number one billboard album. Uh, Sold millions of albums around the world and is a Grammy Award winner. That's not bad for your biggest flop in your career. Looking at the nominations, too, it's Corn uh, Did My Time, Marilyn Manson, Mob Scene, Spine Shank, Smothered, and Stone Sour Inhale. So I'm picking St. Anger over those, personally. <laughs> I am, too. I mean, I, I think that's a kind of a weak list of nominees. Not a, even against the artist, necessarily, just... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm madly in anger with uh, <laughs> all those nominees, and I'm glad that St. Anger prevailed and won. It looks like the last gasp of new metal at the Grammys. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah holding on to their last... Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's funny you say it, because when you look at the following year in 2005, which Metal mm. was not a part of, there is a drastic change. All of a sudden, you have Cradle of Filth, Hatebreed, Killswitch Engage, Slipknot. Like, yeah. I think it's... Uh, it makes a big difference, and it's funny. Even I said Metallica's not involved, but you mm. do you know who won that year? Motorhead for the cover of Whiplash. For the cover of Whiplash. So, even in their absence, Metallica kind of won. Mm. And I like that too. Like of all, I mean, good for them. Like that. That was definitely like Motorhead should probably get a Grammy before they're through. Totally. <laughs> not that it's a bad cover, but it's like of all the things they've done. Yeah, their cover of Whiplash, their random cover of Whiplash, that's going to get them their first Grammy. So random. But, hey, good for them. They they deserve everything. They're, it's fucking Motorhead. Indeed. Um, so 2004, they win for St. Anger. And the Madly and Anger with the World Tour continued in 2005 because some kind of monster was nominated in the best hard rock performance category i don't really know what makes some kind of monster hard rock insane anger metal again i'm confused by these but um uh but i i do like how um 
I'm actually not even sure. Maybe you can look this up or maybe you know. Some Kind of Monster. I'm not sure if even that's the St. Anger version or the version that appeared on the Some Kind of Monster EP. Because that after the movie came out, they came out with that EP that had some yeah. live tracks. And then they had like the remixed version of Some Kind of Monster and like an yes. edited single version as long, along with like the album version. I was assuming it was the St. Anger album version, but I could be wrong. There could be off the Some Kind of Monster EP. I think for eligibility, it would have to be the EP version. Yeah, yeah. because that was probably out in 04. Yeah. St. Anger was definitely 03. And just uh, knowing the Grammys, they do love to uh, fudge the the dates and nominate yeah. their favorites over and over. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but that was nominated. Did not win. And then in 2008, they received their next nomination. Another random one, but I think I thought this was a cool one. Their second nomination for Best Rock Instrumental. This one for their cover of Ecstasy of Gold off the Ennio Morricone tribute compilation album. Oh, yeah. Which I, 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 I knew that they were nominated, but I completely forgot about it. So that was one of the ones that when I was researching for this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. That was a thing. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> mm. Cool cover, though. I'm not sure who it was up against and who, who it lost to. That's such a weird category, right? Best rock instrumental. Very strange. There must, there must be only so many options per year to choose from, I would it's, imagine. It it looks like it's not really for like pure instrumental rock bands so much as... Yeah. I mean, there's a mix of that and like vocal rock bands who have uh instrumental songs like actually i pulled that up so um in 2001 against Cold two that was peter frampton kenny wayne shepherd fish and joe satriani um in 08 uh bruce springsteen won for once mm. upon a time in the west so morricone being highlighted twice there um oh. i think from the same album you have Rush, yeah, uh, Joe Satriani, and Steve Vai. Both of those latter ones for, I think, live performances of all those songs, too. So, Wow. Yeah. And 2009, big year for the nominations. Death Magnetic, of course, came out the year before. Metallica wins for Best Metal Performance for My Apocalypse, which I think is pretty cool to have yeah. like, kind of a late career win for them. It was up against... Dragon Force, Heroes of Our Time, <laughs> Judas Priest, Nostradamus, which is like historically, though, many people's favorite Judas Priest album. <laughs> um, Ministry Under My Thumb and Slipknot Psychosocial. I mean, with the exception of Slipknot, those are pretty. I mean, Dragon Force was current at the time, but kind yeah. of an outdated choice in retrospect. Um, yeah. And Priest and Ministry were kind of like legacy, legacy nominations, yeah. you know? Um, Ministry yeah. for a Rolling Stones cover, weirdly enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, these nominations are so weird. Um, but Metallica pulling through with My Apocalypse. But again, the categories, that one for Best Metal Performance, but Death Magnetic was nominated for Best Rock Album. And Suicide and Redemption was nominated for Best Rock Instrumental. Mm. Both failed to win. But I, I just, I'm like, oh, so the rest of death magnetic is just rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm surprised is. <laughs> i'm surprised with three nominations they weren't tapped to perform that year but who yeah. knows 
Yeah. Yeah. It could have been one of those things too, where they were asked and then who knows if maybe they'd pass or schedules did not align or yeah, they were too busy playing world magnetic in front of me in my hometown crowd say, Brandon, I see you in the front row. You want to come be in our band? And I said, (laughs) Mr. Hatfield, I'm honored that you would ask for me to be in the band, but I like you just the way you are. I'll I'll just watch from afar. Are you sure? We can't do this without you. Yeah. And I'll say, Mr. Hatfield, I'll join your band. So I joined the (laughs) band, um, and I was just sort of a silent partner for a few years. Little known fact, but um, I wrote some. I wrote some of their biggest songs. It's like like you um, know, (laughs) fifty third and third. (laughs) Um, When a blind man cries, I wrote all those. (laughs) <laughs> you were playing the real guitar from uh, behind the stage while they mimed. <laughs> they don't play their real instruments. They're the Milli Vanilli of metal. <laughs> Didn't they make a joke about like Pantera being their backing band once? I think so, actually. Yeah. I kind of where that's from. <laughs> and uh, in 2010, the Death Magnetic Love continued. They got a lot of nominations out of this. Nominated for... Un- for- what what word was I just trying to say? Nominated for Un- Unforgiven. Un- for. <laughs> yeah. Nominated for Unforgiven Three for Best Hard Rock Performance. So that one album got them metal, rock, and hard rock and instrumental. So not bad, not bad. They just they really happening. spanned all the categories there, other than rock song. Mm. Which I, I think I would have given best rock song to the day that never comes. How did that I how did that yeah. not get the nomination, right? Yeah, rather than um, My Apocalypse, even in that category. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, 2014. So Metallica has a few years away from the Grammys. No nominations, no wins, no performances. But then 2014 rolls around, and they're back to perform one for the second time in Grammy history. Mm. This one is a very... Very different version than what we saw in 1989. Um, little uh, known song one, like I said, but performed with classical pianist Lang Lang. Yeah, it's, what do you um, think of this? This is, I mean, I thought you know this was surprising. I think to people who do not know Metallica, mm. but as a Metallica fan, I did not. Find it surprising because of their history doing S and M, yeah, um, and and their willingness to the at that point they had definitely established their willingness to branch out between the load reload era and Lulu was out of that point, so they were definitely up for sure. collaboration and definitely out for trying new things, whether it worked or did not work. That's a whole other argument, but they you know at, by 2014 they had established their willingness to. Um, do different things so this was not surprising to me but was not surprising to to me but i think it was surprising to some people who were maybe had a somehow after so many years of activity and popularity had some kind of preconceived notion as to what metallica was and what metal was yeah i mean obviously different worlds but different worlds that go really naturally together Surprisingly, I mean, well, yeah, un- unsurprisingly and surprisingly, I yeah. think, I think the reason this happened, right, is because by this point the Grammys were obsessed with creating like Grammy moments, um, which was their yes. way of 
putting together all well two unrelated artists together and you know praying yeah. to god that they had some chemistry which yeah you never know <laughs> um, well it made for a lot of cool moments and i guess the thing is you know if it goes some. off the rails and it sucks yeah people are still gonna watch a train wreck so <laughs> exactly it was definitely a, a deliberate ratings push yeah um so yeah long long uh very successful. Is it long, long. I always say lang technically, lang, I'm a technically American. long, long with yeah. the accent going up. That makes um, way more sense and sounds a lot more elegant than <laughs> lang, lang. I'm a dumb American. Forgive me, folks. <laughs> yeah, he's hugely successful Chinese classical pianist and kind of a rock star in his own right. Um, the way he plays is like very flashy and charismatic. He always looks yeah. like he's having fun on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think Showman, is awesome for sure. Yeah, anything that gets people excited about classical music is probably yeah. a good thing to me. Like, do you listen to much classical yourself? Um, not honestly. I listen to it not as much as like I should. Honestly, same. Yeah. Um, I every time I listen to classical music, I'm like, I need to do deep dive into all these amazing composers, and yeah. then I get a little bit into it, and then something always pulls me out. Nothing bad is just you know life and whatnot yeah but I, I need to really do a deep dive into some of these major and minor uh composers no music pun intended there <laughs> hey. um coming back to this so i'm not really sure why they played the same song 25 years later like except for nostalgia reasons yeah or maybe it was just just happened to be the choice that they and long long made but yeah, I'm guessing yeah. it's something to do with that first performance, maybe 25 years later. But it does seem like an odd choice of everything in the Metallica catalog, right, to add classical piano to. Um, but I don't know. And and I wonder how much of it was like a Grammy suggestion or how much mm. of it was like the artist deciding what they were going to perform. Um, I'd be interested to kind of get the background in that. But Long, long, I said it right that time, hey. is, um, <laughs> see, I'm learned. I'm learned. <laughs> I'm a learned American. Um, he's become, like, their the Grammys go-to classical musician. If it's not yeah. Yo-Yo Ma, it's Long, Long. Yeah. You know, so it just depends. Do you want cello or do you want piano? Um, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that to be mean or derogatory or anything. That just seems to be how the grammys operate oh it's just a um, fact yeah yeah so uh and so he's done a lot of stuff with different musicians but it was cool to see him mix with metallica i think it worked with mixed results you know i yeah. think there were moments where it, the piano could really shine through and kind of weave in and out of the melodies the bands were playing and the harmonies the bands were playing and it worked really well but in, in a song like one there's so many heavy moments where metallica is yeah. just gonna overpower you um exactly. and, and it just there were moments where it did feel like a little less natural um but i think it was a really cool experiment yeah i think a lot of yeah i mean the first thing is like long long gets to play his own intro to the song like in front of yeah. pyro and stuff which is awesome um and yeah he does weave in and out but for me like kind of on a mix level doesn't quite work just because he his mixing is very treble heavy for the piano and so it kind of just sits only slightly on top of the heavy guitars 
Yeah. Like the guitars haven't made any room for his piano, which is kind of what it really needs yeah, yeah, yeah. to work properly. Like I'd almost rather hear a version with less guitar with just yeah. Long Long playing like the melodic backing. Um, right. But as, as it is, it kind of sounds like, you know, like Santana on Smooth and stuff where like they <laughs> yeah. would like sing a phrase and then he'd come in like, do 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like his little. He does like a little piano solo too before they go. Yeah. Da, 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 and I That's do awesome. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Makes me want to hear his solo version. But um, I, what we need is the long, long elevator version, like they did for Nothing Else Matters <laughs> back in the day, where it was just the orchestra and Heffield. Ah. Uh, they need to do that, but with the long, long live piano. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think my favorite moment was James going over to Long Long and like jamming out at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do awesome. think I do think it was something that they had a lot of fun with. Um, totally, and I think like for Long Long, especially being out of that world. I mean, even though he's, I know he's performed the major stages and obviously performed at other Grammy Awards and with other major artists, but like it's not every day he gets to be on stage with a rock band, especially a metal band, especially the world's biggest with pyro, everything going on. And they had yeah. their, I, I recall them having their video plan that they usually play live these days. Um, yeah. Of like the skeletons marching and stuff. And it was a very actually like dark and sinister performance, especially for primetime Grammy Awards. Um, yeah. And I'm sure for a long, long, that was like, oh, this is new. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got a standing new... ovation. Yeah. yeah. It was as new for him as it was for Metallica in so totally. many ways. Yeah. Like, I'm critical, a bit critical of a couple of things, but it's still, like, awesome that it happened, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, also, for context, um, they were nominated that year for Best Music Film for Through the Never. Was it that year or the following year? Um, it was... Oh, you're right. It was the following. Boom. Yeah. That's why I host and you guess. <laughs> Fall behind me. <laughs> bow down. So, kiss my... <laughs> so let's uh, call up the Grammys and ask them why Metallica were performing in the year when they were nominated. Huh? 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 It huh? was... It, well, I do remember, like, I was like, it was kind of a surprise right because there was nothing new to promote there was it was just kind of like yeah oh yeah we're doing this it's like all right cool doing our grammy moments yeah i do remember um forcing my that was a year that i tuned into the grammys just to see that and i did find it quite torturous for most of it if i recall um yeah and i felt that was like a year i was (laughs) watching i felt very old and i'm like who are these people who are these people? Who is that? Why? Wait, what? Oh, oh, I, I know that song. I know that song. Okay. I think. When's, when's Metallica? <laughs> I definitely was dating myself by, th- th- by that point. <laughs> that was definitely a big transitional year for the Grammys. Like a certain kind of class of pop artists had really uh, come of age, I guess. Yeah. Am I looking at the right awards show? No, I'm not. I'm. It's always confusing because, you know, their name... Uh, like the 2014 Grammy Awards are for the 2013 year, so right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the names mixed up, and also you have the like 56th annual or whatever. Like nobody memorizes those numbers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was this past yeah. one? It was like 63rd, 63rd I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
I seem to ca- have caught a headline that says 63rd, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so then, as you mentioned, Through the Never, nominated for Best Music Film. Do you know who uh, uh, who it lost against? Yeah, so... Um... One of the weird things is that music film can include concerts and documentaries. So the winner was 20 Feet from Stardom, the uh, the documentary about like the classic backing singers of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, also, Beyonce and Jay-Z on the run tour, Coldplay Ghost Stories, uh, and Pink, The Truth About Love Tour, live from Melbourne, Australia. Okay. I am confused by um the next couple years that we're going to be talking about here um i think i have this right but it seems like it should be wrong on paper um well we have 2017 which is the year megadeth finally wins a grammy award for dystopia as the house band played master puppets on their way pretty crappy version as well it was a really crappy version (laughs) dave mustaine i will give him credit he had um he 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 took it in stride he was asked about it and he was like and he laughed it off and he was like oh that was the worst version of master puppets i ever heard (laughs) so i thought that was cool for him to like acknowledge it and laugh it off and be you know a mature adult about it one of the nicest things he said about Something like that. I can imagine being yeah. kind of annoyed, but yeah. Oh, well, laugh it off. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a little bit, though, like, oh, is... Do they know it's a different band? Or is that just, like, the one metal song that they know? <laughs> Truly baffling. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, you know, maybe do a little bit of homework about the history there. Because it's, it's not like it's... You're playing, like, you know, Iron Man and they're coming to the stage, which would be weird also, but it's yeah. like, okay, they're, at least they're playing like a well-known metal song and whatever. There's no, you know, whatever. Yeah. The whole thing was weird. <laughs> 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 and it was, and also like a, it was a horrible version. So you're like, do you, can you get a better band Grammy awards? Like that's weird that your house band is that shitty. That to me, that <laughs> implies that every single person involved in playing that song at the time didn't, know either metallica or megadeth or like the difference yeah. between them yeah yeah yeah. so it's like sometimes you just get the sheet music like plopped in front of you which i understand but yeah, yeah I know. it did sound like they were like sight reading and then were maybe yeah. surprised at um like the level of difficulty upon first <laughs> glance or something or they were getting like a bad cue from the conductor yeah. or something but i, something I think i heard there. I think I heard two guitars playing at the same time and one was doing the da 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 riff at the same time as another one playing So oh, yeah 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 <laughs> Weird. Oh my goodness but I you know they bring home the medal award in 2017 and I mentioned that for that funny moment but also because Metallica received a couple nominations that year or received oh, one yeah. nomination rather and performed but here's where I get confused Well, I want to circle back to the performance. It's another infamous Metallica Grammy Awards moment that we I definitely do not want to gloss over. But just to kind of get the nominations out of the way, I have 2017 Hardwired nominated for Best Rock Song. 2018 Atlas Rise nominated for Best Rock Song and Hardwired to Self-Destruct nominated for Best Rock Album. So like did Hardwired the song just make 
the cut of like the calendar year and then because the album came out in november i know uh. so like uh, why like why was the song nominated a year before the album was nominated that's what i'm confused i'm not about. finding it in the nominations what category is it um best let's see it was best rock song and best rock album 2017 hardwired best rock song uh, nominee right, yeah. In 2018, Best Rock Album nominee. Because uh, in 2018, Atlas Rise received a Best Rock Song nominee, if my notes are correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah, very confusing. Right? Like, it seems like... I, I took the notes down, and I'm like, wait, is that correct? It seems like it should be opposite. Hardwired, <laughs> the song, was a pre-release <laughs> single. So that was August 18, 2016. And yeah. then the album came out. Uh, it was in November. You're right. So it was split by eligibility. Okay. Yeah. And then when the and then the Grammy Awards usually air what in January? Jan, Feb, March. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, the album had been out for a few months. So because yeah. they did perform, like I said, at two, in 2017, they performed yeah. "Moth Into Flame" in. You, again, are the perfect person to speak to this. Hey. Um, it, they perform with Lady Gaga, an album, uh, a, a performance, rather, that got a lot of attention and unnecessary hate. I, I think there were, I think there was a good amount of people who, at this point, were pretty open-minded about it because, yeah. you know, like, if you're a Metallica fan, you're kind of, um, you should be used to it at this point, you know, as, mm. if, if, as, in terms of, uh, surprise collaborations or performances like it's really no different than what they did with long long again totally. i pronounced it correctly it's just a different <laughs> genre of music and i think there is uh you know a at least a, a level of respect with metalheads lady gaga like you i think she has established herself enough to be recognized as a a, a songwriter a singer and a legit metal fan totally yeah like it's not uh, like in in and listen, I'm hashtag free Britney, but it's not like they were performing with Britney Spears, who like does not really have that same level of mm. uh, street cred, so to speak. You know? Yeah, that can only happen in our mashups. <laughs> 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 only in my only in my nightmares. And if you're dreams. not sure what Richard is talking about, <laughs> what episode was that on? Was it the? I th I think the Saint Anger was, track by track. I think I was gonna say I think it's the Saint Anger track by track. If you go back to that when when uh, Rich and I break down Saint <laughs> Anger track by track by track, there is a remix of uh, is it Baby One More Time? Yeah, mixed with Saint Anger, and it works creepily well. <laughs> creepily it's the worst well. the worst idea of all time, and the execution <laughs> is a bit better. <laughs> it was definitely um entertaining and richard did say i'm pretty if memory serves me correctly this was a while ago but richard did say are you sure you want to include this in the episode and i said without hesitation hell yes <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um but yeah a, a very uh infamous performance controversial going to because of who they were performing with for some people especially the 
diehard dated metalheads who the Grammy Awards are not for anyways. Mm. Um, but the performance itself hit a little bit of a snag. Mm. Uh, some technical difficulties struck the stage. Uh, James Hatfield's microphone going in and out. It was a real travesty, I think, to, for what w- was a very high-energy, great performance otherwise. Uh, Hatfield is, and, and this was stood out to me when I saw the performance, yeah. so pissed off at the end. Mm. He throws his mic in guitar. and, and He, you he really actually kicks not... the stand over uh, halfway through as well. Yeah. yeah, and it gets put back up and he kicks it over again. Yeah, like you yeah. really do not see... Hatfield usually get to that point, especially like in more recent years when he sort of, you know, uh, I would say, I guess, calmed a bit uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. So for him to get to that point, you know, he was really annoyed. I think, you know, Metallica, I think, had a lot uh, riding on this performance, not in the sense of like it was a make or break, but in the sense that I think they... uh, wanted to really really shut people up and Mm. knock this out of the park and they did everything right and somebody else fucked it up for them yeah because i mean that's a big fuck up like gigantic uh, i think the fact that it didn't get turned on the mic later shows that it probably was a stagehand or someone who unplugged a wire rather than it being turned off at the mixing board because that you can fix um another quote from James with the New York Post. So they ask, uh, they said, your performance at the Grammys was a show stealer. Do you think the microphone malfunction made it even more exciting? James said, I felt embarrassed. I haven't been that angry in a long time. When something out of my control goes wrong, I still get wound up. I'm sure it taps into other stuff from my past, but I felt helpless. I agree, it ended up being a blessing because I ended up singing in a microphone with Lady Gaga, maybe even more than she wanted. It felt more like a real collaboration <laughs> because of that. Yeah. Which I completely agree with. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives yeah. it more energy somehow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought the performance was great. And there is a version out there, I believe from dress rehearsals, that yeah. is basically the same performance, and but with working mics. And if you go back and you hear it, I think it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, totally. I, I think, in, you know, it's very, um, and, and first of all, well, not first of all at this point, it's because we've been talking about it, but, uh, maybe last of all, I want to, I want to shout out Lady Gaga because of the, she's wearing a load era Metallica t-shirt and I thought that was <laughs> yeah. really badass. So totally load logo and all, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a fun performance. I mean, I don't really know what people expect from another than like kind of being a high energy um, rock performance. And I think there was a lot of questions too, like what are they going to perform? Because they didn't announce ahead of time. And the fact yeah. that they did, you know, one of Metallica's own songs, Moth into Flame, I think really helped the performance too. Because I think it would have seemed really awkward if they tried to force like a like a medley of like Metallica and a Lady Gaga song. Like I think yeah, that would exactly. have just been too, too forced too out of Metallica's um, wheel box for it to feel natural and to make it work. I, I think it would have been a disaster, but for them to stick with, you know what they do best musically, um, I think was a really intelligent and uh, just an intelligent move. 
100%. I always thought that Gaga was doing kind of like a Bruce Dickinson thing with, um, yeah. she does some ad-libs in the pre-chorus that remind me of him. Uh, yeah. Like a little bit operatic almost. But yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Like I, of the four performances like uh, that they've done at the Grammys, this is the one that feels most like being at a metal show. Yeah. Me. There's a lot it's of like pyro. Cool, yeah. A lot of energy to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's like definitely their most energetic performance out of the four they did at the Grammy Awards. Yeah. It's funny because the dress rehearsal versus the light, the televised performance, they kind of sound the same. Right. But just watching the TV one, it has that more like frantic kind of energy to it. Yeah. Which I really like. I'm pretty sure I saw a video that takes the audio from the dress rehearsal and mm. puts it over the video of the performance. So you kind of get the best of both. Sweet. I'll have to find that. Yeah. I, I saw it a while ago. I'm sure it's still out there somewhere. Mm. Um, but I thought, you know, that was a really cool moment, I thought. And I'm not sure if it's just, I mean, we're only a few years later. I, I, I have no doubt Metallica will return to the Grammy stage, but it is sort of a. Uh, um, worrisome that since that moment they've they've not been back. <laughs> hmm. Well, they haven't put out anything, I guess. No, they've not really had anything to promote. But yeah. Um, and now it's like you know they're pretty much on shutdown until I think the next album at this point. So yeah, I was actually trying to look up if any other like metal like heavy metal bands have ever played at the Grammys, and I couldn't find any information. But I think. The answer is also no. Yeah, not that not that I know of. I, I'm not sure if Ozzy ever did any kind of performance thing. or I know he yeah. performed at an awards show with Post Malone, but I don't think that was the Grammy Awards. No. Nor was that, like, a obviously a traditional Ozzy Osbourne performance anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, not, that I, not that I can think of it. Nor can I think of anybody who would outside of an Ozzy. Like there, nobody's really got into that moment where I feel like they would be invited on such a large stage in the metal world. Like you're not going to have, if you think of like other big metal bands, like you're not going to have Slipknot or Iron mm. Maiden or even like Priest and like some of the more legacy bands. They they're just not going to be invited on that stage. I'm not saying that they shouldn't mm. or that they wouldn't, but the, I I just don't see it have happened or happen in the future yeah makes me wonder for the future like when if metallica will be back what's going to happen but i mean who knows i anything think that they stage. will i think that they yeah. will i think they will at the very least be back down the road to accept a grammy lifetime achievement award yeah. um, which i do believe black sabbath received um a few years back if memory serves me correctly and they're probably the only metal band to receive that so metallic would be second in line and i don't know if there's any others that they any others that they would ever the recording academy would ever give that honor to but or that award to but um true you're right they did get it 2019 so uh i think metallic would be next in line for metal probably be the last <laughs> metal band to realistically get yeah. unless they give it to multiple people a year do they is it uh, multiple they do a year who get it okay quite a lot um yeah, this year alone, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5, Lionel Hampton, Marilyn Horn, Salt and Pepper, Selena, and Talking Heads. So if Metallica got that, they'd probably be like legit the youngest performers in the yeah. category. Yeah. yeah. 
but I mean, they've if when you look at their list of awards, they've there's no big award of music that they've not received at this point, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they've received, um, you know, whether it be MTV Video Music Awards, American Music Awards, ones that don't exist anymore. Like, is it, I guess there's still Billboard Music Awards. There was like VH1 yeah. had an award show for a couple years. They won awards that like they pretty any major award that has existed for their style of music they have won. The only thing they don't have is a podcast award for Metallicast. Ooh, well there are podcast awards out there, so I suggest somebody exactly. gives me one or at least make yeah. one up. Yeah, best Metallica podcast named Metallicast goes to. <laughs> Battle up your podcast. Wait, what? What? What, I, what a snub. What a snub. That's like, oh, I feel gypped. Jethro Tull all over again. <laughs> Imagine if a Jethro Tull podcast won the award. <laughs> that would be, that would, in all seriousness, that would be the ultimate. I couldn't even be upset at that. First of all, fine, is there, is there a Jethro Tull podcast? There has no. to be. There are episodes oh. within Anderson of Jethro Tull, but no. Well, that that is a travesty. Somebody out there listening, form a Jethro Tull podcast, and we will. I will. I will make this happen one day. <laughs> <laughs> and the award for best Metallica podcast goes to Flutes, the Jethro Tull <laughs> fan <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, if Uriah Heep uh, had a podcast, well, uh, yes. you'd think Jethro Tull should have one. Yes, yes. Megadeth don't even have one yet, right? So I don't. I don't. That's the funny thing. I know there's a Pantera one, uh, um, but I don't know of a Megadeth one. I don't know of a Slayer one. I don't know of a uh, an Anthrax one. Like n- none of the other big four have one, as best of my knowledge. If you're listening and you know of one, please let me know. I'd love to check it out. Yeah, um, I don't know. Well, there are there are a couple Iron Maiden ones. There is a Sabbath, at least one yeah. Sabbath one, Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Um, I'm sure there might be one or two others out there for Sabbath and Ozzy. Um, but yeah, I don't really know. Is there? A, I'm trying to think of who else is big. But yeah, I think you know Metallica has definitely left their mark at the on the a Grammy Awards, just like they've left their mark in pop culture in general. And they lead um, the. They are. I'm, I'm sure this is no surprise, but with six wins, they have won more of the metal performance Grammys than any other artist in history. I think the most any other artist has won is two, and a few people have tied for that, if mem- mm. if if I'm not mistaken. But I don't think anybody's won more than two outside of Metallica. Mm. Bridget's going to fact check me right now. Oh, no. Make sure I'm not just... talking my ass. <laughs> uh, not... Sure, but I think I was thinking I was surprised that SM two wasn't nominated for something. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean the instrumental category is gone now. Uh but no, no best music film or anything. Yeah. Interesting. Give Scott Pingle his Grammy, damn it. Yeah. Best classical right. crossover performance or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well it's funny because like that was on the rock billboard charts and the classical music charts. And mm. uh, I mean, surely could have. Is there some kind of like crossover award? Like just for or like fusion award or I, I know it's not fusion. Like uh, when we 
typically hear the word, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there's some kind of award that it would fit under in terms of like mix mm. genres. Not exactly, as far as I can tell. Yeah. You know what? Give it a classical music award and give Why it not? a rock music award and give it a hard rock music award and give it a metal music award. Give it all the awards. Give it the new age jazz Celtic Latin album award. <laughs> Truly, what best can't they do? Best spoken word album goes to SM2. Hey. <laughs> well, knowing the Grammys, they'd be like, best spoken word album goes to. The live version of Saint Anger from this past uh, October. Hell yeah, that's what I want. My best spoken word album would be the Metallicast podcast. I'm sure. Oh, Richard, you flatter me. <laughs> Can we just spend the next half hour you talking about how great I am? <laughs> just don't I mention mean... how bad my Chris Jericho impression is. <laughs> you just made the list. Nah. Um... <laughs> Right I mean, it has been a good twenty uh, has been a good twenty twenty one so far for Metallicasts, right? It it has. Last so. year was a great year. This year is off to a good start. I'm excited about what the future holds. Um and hopefully we continue to grow. When I say yeah. we, I mean I because the one man show over here, one man operation. And I thoroughly enjoyed the solo episode. So Did you like keep it? it coming. I yeah. did that just for you. It was it was weird doing one again. <laughs> It's a true throwback to the glory days of uh, 2018. Did you like my cover song tease? I have already forgotten what. No, no, I remember now. Yeah, and I, at the end, and you cut it off. Yeah, I found like royalty free like eight bit music. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I was proud of that one. Um, Richard, tell everybody where they can find you. I'm on Twitter at RSH underscore E-L-L-E. I am writing. I am posting. I am making music, doing film scores, trying to keep up with myself. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'll be doing today. Awesome. Richard, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Make sure you follow him. Check out his music. Check out his writing. And check out his many podcast appearances on Metallicast as well as many other podcasts. And you're just making the rounds. Hmm, perhaps a podcast of my own sooner than oh, later. I was going to say, and fingers crossed, 2021 will be the year that we get hot takes with Mr. Richard S. He. <laughs> That's my made up <laughs> podcast name for you. Many hot takes. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Thank you to Richard for coming back on Metallicast for another 
fun appearance. It is always great having him on. He is basically a podcast regular at this point. Every month or two, he comes back for another exciting topic. It was really fun to dissect the Grammy Award wins, nominations, performances of Metallica and to have a discussion about the complex relationship that is the Grammy Awards and heavy metal music in general. I hope you all in the Metallica enjoyed the conversation. Please check out the links in the episode description to follow Richard on social media. And please also follow Metallicast at MetallicastPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're a new listener and you'd be so kind, please subscribe, download, and leave a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All that goes a long way to helping the podcast continue to grow and helping me get great guests like Richard S.E. If you do not subscribe, if you do not download, if you do not leave a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Richard will never, ever, and that is uh, another Chris Jericho reference for you wrestling nerds out there, will never, ever come back on Metallicast, and that would, well, that would just be a damn shame. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Millie Perez. Yeah. Fans, not experts.